you're listening to the Sunny Days Podcast. I'm your host, Alex the Good Witch, a professional psychic, healer, and coach specializing in subconscious reprogramming, inner child work, and intuition development to help you create your happiest, most fulfilling life. Thank you for tuning in on this sunny day. Hello, welcome to the Sunny Days Podcast. I'm your host, Alex the Good Witch. I am a psychic healer, coach, and speaker. I specialize in subconscious reprogramming work, inner child work, intuition development, and so much more. And today I have a special guest with me, Joy Vetterline. And me and Joy met when I was working um, at a metaphysical store that I used to work at. And she came in and she was open to receiving a reading from me. And she let me know all about her journey and trying different spiritual modalities um, and teaching people about it. Gave me her background story, which is literally just incredible and so inspiring. And I knew that we had a staying touch and that she should be here to share everything she does. So with that, I'll let Joy introduce herself. Yeah. Hi. It's so good to be here. I never would have thought walking into the store that day that I'd like make a friend. (laughs) So I'm so happy to be here and be on your podcast. Yeah. So I'm Joy Vetterline and I uh, spent most of my life and career as an evangelical Christian, but in the last five years, I have transitioned away from that. And now I am a writer and a spiritual coach who is helping other ex-evangelical Christians um, just walk through the pain of that transition and trying to figure out a new way to live in the world, um, especially to live as a spiritual person in a world without having our spirituality defined by um, a religion anymore. So yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that's incredible. And I feel like it's so needed like it really hit home with me because I know so many people struggle with that transition I know that you can lose a lot of people and community who are close to you and I can also Mm -hmm. imagine too that it might be hard because even if you were to make you know new friends and new connections in the next chapter that kind of in between stage maybe you don't know exactly what group you're wanting to get into or what people you resonate with when you're just trying different things. So it might also feel uncomfortable to just jump solely into like a spiritual group or something like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really hard because, um, at least in my experience and the experience of most of the people I've talked to, my religious beliefs were not just beliefs. They were an entire way of living, of being, Mm -hmm. of understanding myself, of understanding the world. And so it's incredibly challenging and painful to like, leave that behind. It's like, you're being like, you're like experiencing the world with like brand new eyes. And it's like, I don't know where, what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong. Like all of everything I thought I knew now I'm doubting. And so it is really intimidating to go into new spaces and um, even like for me walking into that metaphysical shop where I met you, it was like, this is so outside of the norm for me. On top of all that, I have all this programming in my mind telling me that I shouldn't be here, that this is dangerous. I don't believe that anymore, but it's still like chirping up in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I, you know, when I come to a group of people or, I think you called them modalities. See, I don't even know what all this stuff is called. I'm still (laughs) learning. Um, It is, there's a sense you have to, I I have found that I have to be so grounded and confident in my own autonomy and my own right 
to practice or decline to practice any spirituality that I want because for so long, every authority figure in my life was telling me there was one right way to do it. And so um, it's really intimidating to walk up to a group of people and they're telling you how great everything is and to feel that sense of like, I hear you, I'm here to learn, but I am going to hold back a little bit because I have history here and um, I don't know where I want to land. And it, yeah, it's just a really weird limbo space and it can be very lonely to not be with your original people, but to also know that new people can't relate to your past at all when it's such mm-hmm. a big part of your life. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I love how like you brought up the needing to feel very like um, grounded in yourself mm-hmm. and really empowered in that autonomy, because I feel like that is such a big piece um, that definitely helped me in my transition, because like you mentioned, it's not just like your your religion that you're in, it's literally like the sky is blue. And then suddenly it's like, you realize, wait, is the sky not blue? So it really throws you off so much. And something that I really resonated with you saying is that once I got more into spirituality, it never felt like these things that I believe now have to be the end all be all answer of everything. Like I feel a lot more flexible now that I am continuously learning and like, five years from now, I can believe like different things that I believe now. And like, that's okay. Whereas before, and when I grew up, it is so um, rigid that it is so very jarring um, to break out of that. So once you have that like autonomy and everything that you can go around and try new things and and have your own uh, evolving perception and and learning. Totally. That's it. Um, I mean, for so long, like there in my like evangelical Christian background, there is a lot of certainty, like, mm-hmm. oh, we know the truth. And like other people don't know it. They might think they know it, but we are the only ones who know the truth. And I know it because I feel it and I feel God. And so there's this weird combination of like, I like read something with my mind, but I feel it in my heart. And that tells me that what I believe is true. Um, and I think now I really value the process of learning and not being like embracing mystery, mm-hmm. like being uncertain. And the, like, now I would consider like, I have an open-ended spirituality. Like I'm not yeah. interested in like particularly landing anywhere. Um, but to f- give myself the permission to like, I don't know. I sort of see it's like, I used to have like a big house with like a foundation and it was like roots. And that was like the where I was. And now I feel like I've like left and I'm in like my little like mobile motor home and I just yeah. like can drive around wherever I want and like set up camp for here for a while, mm-hmm. as long as it serves me. And then it's like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm outgrowing this and I'm ready for, as you know, to learn something new. And so I'll kind of go somewhere else and explore, but seeing instead of like, I think the most important thing, and I think honestly, this is what I've seen in some of your stuff too, which is why I have enjoyed getting to know you through your content so much is that there is, there can be in any spiritual setting, be it Christianity or some of the um, spiritual traditions that you are practicing more often, there can be a real sense of like, the answer is out there. And if I just find the answer out there, it will make my life better. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm realizing now is like, no, the, the answer and the filter is always in here. Like mm-hmm. inside me is where I find the truth and the, um, 
the courage and the certainty to know what's right for me right now Yeah, with input from the outside, but I'm always the last, like the final say, like the mm-hmm. last, um, I forget the phrase, but like I'm the last check of something, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I always get to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, you're the foundation within you. Like before I loved your analogy of the house versus like the mobile home mm-hmm. where I think that some of the lure of things like, um, you know, rigid religion would be that, hey, there is this security in this, you know, Mm -hmm. this security in this foundation by um, holding so strongly to, um, you know, what is said to be true and completely accurate. Whereas if you were to be open to evolving and learning and different uh, perspectives, that may not feel as secure. But what it really is, is having Mm -hmm. that security within yourself rather than trying to stick it on the outside and just like with material things sticking on the outside will always end up being an illusion it's never going to give you that true sense of safety that you that you need to find within totally yeah Mm -hmm. so I do want to ask um you mentioned how you were an evangelical pastor Mm -hmm. so what what did that look like how how what did that transition (laughs) what is what is the story behind that Mm -hmm. yeah so I was very um I mean I was like I feel like most people have a category for like that like really good girl in their high school (laughs) you know who like she went to church on Sundays and she like got good grades and like maybe she'd invite you to like come to church with her sometimes like that was me I was like so in, I was sold out. I believed it with my whole heart and I really cared. Like I really, my belief system at the time was that if people don't know Jesus and, you know, what we called like accept him into their heart, mm-hmm. um, that they were a hundred percent going to hell forever. And hell was like this terrible place like where you would actively feel the pain of being tortured for eternity and I thought that that was going to happen like with certainty that was going to happen to all the people in my life and so really I mean as misguided as it was it came from a place of love that I was so desperate to try to um talk to people and to tell them how wonderful Jesus was and to tell them you know I don't know if anybody listening has ever you know, we would call it witnessing, quote unquote. Um, I don't know if anybody's had that experience of being proselytized to, but um, a lot of it comes from a place of love. They genuinely are fearing for your um, safety and life in a sense. And when you think someone is in danger of dying, you will cross so many boundaries to save them, you know? Um, So that's kind of where I was coming from. And I, this is a, like, okay, this is the long version getting to how I eventually changed, but just to set a picture for how into it I was. So Mm -hmm. I went to like Bible college. I got my degree. I really wanted to start working in churches. So I was a musician and I was like, if I can work in churches, that's a good way to like minister to people through music, to change lives and like bring people to Jesus through music and through church services. Um, so I did that. I got my degree. I started working in churches and like for the next 15 years of my life, I was just like, that's when I, like, I met my husband and I actually became a mother. And all the time I was like working to put on church services for people and, um, you know, exploring my own faith. It was also very real to me. I felt 
Like I wasn't just somebody who acted these beliefs, like in my private life, it was also very real to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a, you know, I would have long talks with God in my heart and I would be totally open. You know, now I would looking back now, I would say like, I was talking to myself as much Mm -hmm. and who I thought God to be, but like, Mm -hmm. that was like a very intuitive thing for me. And I still, I think do that. I just like refer to someone different now. Mm -hmm. Um, but so it was very real to me and there were some really beautiful aspects of it that I am not mad at. Um, but there was also just a lot of, um, pain, like a lot of the ick that comes with institutionalized religion was really, really bad for me. It was really hard on my mental health and my relationships. I had actually no concept of mental health. That wasn't a thing we did. Like if you're having problems, you just need to like, pray more or read your Bible more or go find a small group and an accountability partner. And like Mm -hmm. all these words and language we had for all these ways to like take care of ourselves. And so I was really hurting, you know, I had never dealt with my childhood by then I was a mother and a lot of stuff was coming up, Mm -hmm. um, in my marriage and raising kids. And, um, I got to this point in this one church where I was, um, had actually been, hired to like a very high level position. I was like overseeing teams of people and managing things. I was sitting on the leadership team and Mm -hmm. making decisions. And inwardly, I was just like falling apart. I was, I had just had my second kid. I wasn't sleeping through the night. There was a ton of, um, it was a really toxic environment. Now looking back again at that time, I didn't know. I just thought it was normal. I had all these beliefs about like, oh, God wants us to forgive each other. So I have to forgive these people that are, treating me like, can we swear on here? Yes, you can. Okay. I that <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, like all these people are treating me like shit and I can't do anything because Jesus wants me to forgive. Jesus died for me so that I would forgive other people. And I was just like, kept showing up to be treated badly. And, and one day, um, you know, I persisted in that. Um, and then one day, like I walked into work and I was let go like wow. 15 minutes, like, like today's your last day. You're not going to be here anymore. Like here's your papers to sign and here's a box. Go pack up your office. Wow. After all you like put up with. And- yeah. And the, and the really hard part is when you work at a place like a church that claims that does work in your soul, mm-hmm. it like does something to you. Like this place was not just my employment. Like they had welcomed my family in. there's a lot of family language within Christianity. So it was mm-hmm. like, you're our sister in Christ is what mm-hmm. we would say. And so mm-hmm. like, we love your family. It's like when they hired me, my whole family's on the stage, like my kids and I, like, they're so like, God led you here. It's so great. And then when I'm let go, it's like, it's me alone with the HR person in a box. Like, it's like your family, but now you're an employee we're going to fire yeah. you like an employee. And you know, the reasons that they made the choice, I can understand there was like financial things and some like duplication of staff roles, like logistically it made sense, but it was just like that the way they did it was really traumatic. And Mm -hmm. then looking back and realizing I had put myself through so much and continued to, you know, after that, it was like, well, this is our community. Like, this is the people we know. They love our kids. Like, I guess we'll still go to church here 
on every Sunday. So I would like keep going. And so I spent like six months just like continuing to show up and just like re-traumatizing myself. It was like really bad. And I'm still reeling and healing from it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Finally, like one therapist friend was like, stop doing like, that's so bad for you. (laughs) You don't have to go like, Mm -hmm. but so all that to say, that's the the long story of how I like realized it. And it took that much for me to wake up and go, something about this isn't right. I have given my whole life to this belief system and I'm miserable. I'm hurting and I keep getting hurt. And it's not just one church. It is every single Christian institution I have been a part of. And I've been a part of a lot of them, like over the years, like I was very well connected across a lot of Christian spaces. I'm like, wait, if this is happening everywhere, then it's not just one place that the prob is, that's the problem. There's something at the root that is unhealthy and it's making me sick and it's making a lot of people sick. So I really, then at that point just was like, all right, I am stepping back. I can't live like this anymore. If like this person that I have this like safe relationship within, in my soul, if that person is, you know, if that being that force, if that person really is love, if that is God, and I need to redefine my definition of who God is, like, I trust that Mm -hmm. to look at all of this external stuff and be like, and make decisions for myself to protect that internal safety that I had, you know, somehow developed within this setting this whole time. Yeah. Um, and that really began my journey of what a lot of people are calling deconstruction, where it was like, Mm -hmm. literally I had this whole, like I said, a house and I just had to start pulling it apart piece by piece to get out down to the foundation, figure out like, where is the problem starting? And Mm -hmm. let me like start from scratch. And that was, yeah, just a really long, continues to be a long involved process of just relooking at everything I thought was true until, like I said, at the beginning, like you show up and it's like, wait, everything, my foundation for seeing the world is different. I, what do I do now? How do I make sense of my past and my present? And what do I want in my future? And like, what is going on? It's very disorienting. Yeah. Very disorienting, very jarring. And, you know, when you zoom out, it's like an amazing opportunity to have a life that's more aligned with, with your true self. But when you're zoomed in, it just feels like, like there's nothing to hang on to. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, something that I wanted to point out too, that you were talking about that it, it, it reminded me of like the solutions that they were giving you, you know, like, oh, just um, pray more and forgive more and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are supposed to be like the cure to like how shitty you were feeling. But mm-hmm. ironically, like the more you do those things, the more you're going yeah. to feel worse and worse and worse because- totally doing that and then still feeling like shit just puts on all this shame, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not doing it enough. I'm not doing it Mm -hmm. right. Um, I am still being punished, you know, and it just brings up all this shame. So the cure is really the venom, if you will. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, that's exactly how it was. And I think what I've realized on reflection is that like, like forgiveness, for example, forgiveness, forgiving someone doesn't doesn't heal you. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is a symptom that you have been healed. Like mm. the healing comes first that. and then comes forgiveness. Like the healing comes first and mm. then comes happiness. Like 
you can't just like skip to the outcome yeah. and expect it to fix you. Like you have to start in the root and let it like grow out to the rest of your life, I guess. Yeah. Wow. I never thought of it explicitly like that. Um, so that's really cool. I, but it's so true. Like I, I don't teach uh, forgiveness as a tool for healing, just mm-hmm. as far as like coaching and mental health mm-hmm. things go. Um, but I never like explicitly thought of it that way. And like, that is why it's because it's yeah. because you don't need to force yourself to forgive. That's not going to give you any yeah. healing if you're yeah. just forcing it. But as the healing comes, you might get to a place where you genuinely forgive yeah. as like this release, this like release yeah. to yourself of how far you've come and really letting it go. But there's no moral or Im- immoralness to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And yeah, you can't force yourself to forgive. Mm-hmm. That's like the opposite. It's not real forgiveness. Yeah. If you're forcing yeah. it, it has to genuinely mm-hmm. be you being ready to release something. And yeah. it just like kind of comes upon you when it's ready. In my experience, it doesn't like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of things you've described are um, like spiritual bypassing um, mm-hmm. religion. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And I've just, mm-hmm, I've just been out of religion for so long that I, I totally forget that like overlap because I normally think of it in the context of spirituality. Cause obviously I love spirituality. Like I'm, I'm a professional spiritualist, if you will, mm-hmm. but I know that there's a lot of practices and, and teachings and teachers um, that will base it upon spiritual bypassing, which is for anyone who mm-hmm. doesn't know, it is using these kind of practices, whether it is something um, taught in religion, like uh, forgiveness um, or something like that, or it's uh, something that's taught in spirituality, like uh, thinking positive, like good vibes mm-hmm. only. Basically, spiritual bypassing is you're bypassing all the real parts about it, like your real emotions, no matter how quote unquote negative they seem, your real thoughts, your real her and experiences and your real life relationship situation, all of that, just bypassing over it to, like you said, get to the part you're trying to get to, whether Mm -hmm. that's like manifesting, you're just trying to act like your whole life is something that it's not, or whether it's through religion, just trying to smooth everything over to, you know, put on that, that happy face and be like a happy child of God, whatever that is, it's, it's bypassing all of the stuff. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, I think that's present in like every spiritual setting, because that's just a human tendency that we have. Like we don't want to do the work of looking Mm -hmm. internally at everything in here and like dealing with it. Like no one thinks that's okay. Maybe a few people think that's fun and they become therapists, but like, (laughs) but like, like that's not a good time. And so all of us are looking for different ways to like, Mm kind of like skip over that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just like looks, it gets expressed differently. Um, no matter the, you know, the context of the mm-hmm. spirituality, it's the same. Yeah. Same practice. Yeah. Yeah. And all that stuff that you're skipping over, it's still, it's still there and it's still, it's still going there. to come up and it will even pile up or increase or show totally. more, be louder, be more mm-hmm. um, toxic in your body, the more you mm-hmm. uh, skip over it. Yeah. It's like when you get a, like a, triple bypass or something with your heart it's like Mm -hmm. okay your 
arteries blocked. So they have to take a new vein and like make a, like a workaround, you know? So in mm-hmm. that context, it's good, <laughs> but anytime it's emotional, it's mm-hmm. like, nope, that, that block's just going to stay there. Like the only yeah. way is really to go through it, like mm-hmm. to get rid of that. Like that's the only, and honestly, that's where you will get what you actually want like by dealing mm-hmm. with that is mm-hmm. what you're where you're actually going to get where you're yeah. trying to go mm-hmm. exactly and like that's what shifted my when I started in in like the spiritual space more as like someone receiving it less as like a professional mm-hmm. in it that's what kind of led me to go professionally in somewhat of a different direction where I do focus a lot more I call it like the human side of things the human mm-hmm. experience of things mm-hmm. like I always try to really specify that it's not just spiritual work. Like, like we are going to do things that are more about Mm. like your subconscious, like what you've been through your, your inner child and how they feel. And totally. Yeah. All these things that I believe will, will come up and be the ones that are triggered and making the decisions and are coming from that place of fear until you really give yourself what you've been needing from yourself um, for a long time. Hey, I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. Um, Do you find that as a spiritual person yourself throughout your life, Mm -hmm. someone who gravitates towards spirituality and who Mm -hmm. now works in it with other people, do you find that it is, can be tempting to isolate your experience of life and just think like in your mind and in your spirituality, but like not in your body? Like, do you find it easy to separate your body from the equation and be like, oh, spirituality and like, forget that, like, you're also somatic and that there's like wisdom and stuff in your body? Or have you been able to incorporate that? So I've been able to incorporate that, but I did, I was coming from that place before I kind of mm-hmm. crossed over to that bridge of being a lot more like specific in how I do mm-hmm. things, um, where it was just so easy to me, especially as like a sensitive soul who's been mm-hmm. like tapped in for the most part, which everyone has the ability to, it's just mm-hmm. like all things. Some people mm-hmm. are just kind of like naturally have a skill. Some people work on it more, mm-hmm. et cetera, but, um, being naturally tapped in it, it's so, it was so easy to like live up yeah. in the, in the ethers, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, in this like beautiful space and, um, easy to not take care of like my human needs, easy right. to like forget to, eat and all that stuff because it just felt so good to be there um yeah yeah but there is so much oh go ahead no 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 go ahead I was gonna say but there is so much like being able to bridge that then there is so much that is held in the body that is important insight and wisdom and I feel like if you just go into things from a spiritual perspective you you won't get nearly as far whatever far means to you without the body and all of its wisdom and like working with yourself that way. I feel like they, they need each other Mm -hmm. really to be a true catalyst. Um, so I totally agree where like, uh, even with psychic ability, for example, I always tell people it's coming through your human senses. Mm -hmm. People like to think of it Mm -hmm. as like, Oh, I, you know, I'm seeing this vision and they think that like, you're seeing it like in the ethers, but it's coming the same way other thoughts do. Like if I told you to picture mm-hmm. a cow, but mm-hmm. you just, you can tell very specifically mm-hmm. that it's, that it's different. Same with auditory, same with whatever the Claire is. Mm-hmm. It's all through the human 
senses. Like, yeah, there's spiritual insights, spiritual messages, but it's coming from, it's coming through. Like you talked about you being the filter. It's coming through you and your body. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be incorporated in order to really understand. Yeah, that is, it's really interesting. That's been a real challenge for me because so much of my upbringing, we had this belief that um, God lives in our spirit, but our flesh is weak. There was like Mm. the sinful nature of me lives in my body. Mm -hmm. And so we're to die to the wants and needs and urges of our body in order to live by the spirit. There was this real divorce of the two and um, tied in with that was a lot of like what we call purity culture, which was Mm -hmm. like sex is only okay between a married man and married woman. There's a lot of shame around modesty and like, mm-hmm. here's what you're allowed to watch and listen to. Like, don't listen to Britney Spears. Cause she might get that part of you like all revved up, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, um, so to suddenly then be like 35 mm-hmm. and like trying to figure out how to see the world in a new way and realizing, oh my gosh, like I had no idea. My body's been speaking to me so loudly that something's not right here. And I just had no frame of reference for listening to her. Like I wasn't sleeping. I was miserable. I had tension. Like I was just so like, so off. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea because I just didn't know that that was also, you know, whoever God is like, they were speaking to me mm-hmm. through my body too. And yeah. so coming out of that and now be, now I like really try to, um, anytime where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I really try to sit and it's like, okay, well actually my body knows somehow. So if like, I ask a question, it's like yeah. one feels good and like yeah. one doesn't feel good. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with the one. And it's like been so cool to realize there's this part of me that has been there all along and was practicing all along. And now that I can hear her, it's Uh like, oh my gosh, I have like a, I've had like this buddy to help me figure life out the whole time. Yeah, And now I can actually know how to talk to her. And it's Uh like, so great. Oh, that's so cool. How that like opened up to you that, um, that intuition part of you, that comfort. Um, even like how you said that you will sit with something and something will feel like a yes or feel like a no. Mm-hmm. Um, people always ask me, it's kind of a random question. People always ask me what I think about pendulums. Oh and yeah. I, yeah. And I always tell them that I'm very big on creating your inner pendulum. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with using a pendulum, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's much more beneficial to focus on creating your own inner pendulum. And basically the goal is exactly what you just described, where you sit with something, you have a thought, Mm -hmm. question, something like that in mind, and then you feel it in your body. It either feels Mm -hmm. like a yes, or it feels like a no. And then Mm -hmm. that's your pendulum. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just remembering, I tried a pendulum one time and I was like, and this is probably like um, psychic intuition 101, but it was definitely very like, wait, is it like, saying the no because like I'm making it say the no or do it because I want it like <laughs> am I am I afraid it's gonna say no or do I want it to say no like and I was all in my head about it. I was like uh-huh. I think I need to heal a little bit more before yeah. I try some of this but that's very true because a lot of people think that um pendulums I think maybe that's why they ask me because I think people think that they can like use it as kind of a a quick answer quick fix mm-hmm. they're like oh it'll just tell me yes or no and I'm yeah. like yes but it's kind of the same as like intuition work where 
okay for for little things that don't have a lot of weight to them and that you don't feel very strongly like connected to emotionally sure it might very accurately say yes or no because you're just kind of like allowing it to have the answer come through um but with anything where like you just kind of mentioned you're like wait um do I just want it so badly or am I afraid that's going to happen just any mm -hmm. emotional weight pendulums can very easily say yes for something just because you so strongly want it to be yeah. a yes. So yeah. that's another reason where I'm like, let the, like inner pendulum yeah. into it yeah. because it's not really solving that issue. That's still right. something to work on. Like you said, how you were like, right. I need to, <laughs> I need to actually sit with these. I've got a lot of like yeah. conflicting thoughts in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like what we were talking about earlier. Like if you're not grounded, then it's like you can get answers from mm -hmm. so many places, mm -hmm. but in, but you're ultimately the person who's deciding which answers to believe and which sources yeah. to believe. So mm -hmm. if you aren't in a place where you are like confident and acting in your own best interest and mm -hmm. like am accepting the full scope of who you are and embracing all the parts of you that might mm -hmm. be having some weird like things to mm -hmm. say about whatever's going on in your life, like until you're really grounded, it's going to continue to just be you sort of like floating mm. on the wind of other people's opinions or of yeah. other external sources opinions until you know what you're choosing to listen to and why mm -hmm. it's all giving your power away to something else yeah I feel like mm-hmm Oh, it's very true. It's so, it's so easy to do that when you feel not confident in your own direction or just don't have that relationship with yourself yet. Like how you mentioned that you, you like met yourself and you're like, oh, I've got this buddy. And she like helps mm -hmm. me with my direction and everything. Like until you, you know, um, take down your walls that keep you from yourself. Um, and a lot of that can stem from religion because there's a big emphasis on not trusting yourself that you trust mm -hmm. the people on the outside, you know, continue yeah. to give the power to them, then that'll continue to show up in other places, just with people in general, even if they're not people of like religious power, like this could be like your spouse, you know, or your, yeah. your family and you continue to make decisions for them or continue to feel stuck because they tell you what they think the answer is, but deep down you probably feel like that's not the answer for mm -hmm. you. So then it's hard to do anything. And mm -hmm. even if you were to magically, let's say, be given an answer that was like, this is the right answer for you. If you're not in that place to an extent or working on getting that place within yourself, then how would you even act upon that? You know, how yeah. would you even take the actions necessary to, to go in that quote unquote totally. correct direction for you. And even if you did that, how would you then enjoy where that's taking you? Yeah. Yeah. So th there's totally. no point in trying. Yeah. There's no point in trying to get mad magically get answers yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. Do you run into that? Like, how do you handle that? Because I think as I have like explored things that were, you know, it's silly that I'm so new to things, but just in the last few years, like really under like exploring astrology and tarot mm -hmm. and some of that, I feel like that comes up a lot for me when I'm in spaces that mm -hmm. are, um, I don't know how you would categorize this type of spirituality, but like, mm -hmm. I feel like that comes up a lot where I see people who are like hurting and they 
are looking to these external things for answers and finding them or they're or pronouncing things onto me that I really don't like when someone's like, oh, you're a Pisces. So you X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, like, <laughs> like hold on. maybe <laughs> yeah, but uh-huh. like, I get some say, like, we don't know each other that well. So, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, there's just some, some things like that. And it could be, I'm just extra sensitive to it because of my background, but like, do you run across that a lot? And how do you yes. work with that? So I don't come across it as much because of the energy that I put out where that's not how I go about things. So fortunately enough, I'm not getting bombarded with, with clients who aren't actually, you know, aligned to, to be my clients. I'm not like the best fit for them, but I have been in that world as like, um, as a client. And then also when I started out, I would, I would get that a lot more and I'd be like, that's not how I do things. Mm -hmm. So for me, And when I talk about ethics, I'm just talking about my business and my personal code of ethics. I'm not saying that anything is right or wrong for any other practitioner to do, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't speak on that at all. But for me, it is like within my ethics that I focus more on advice than I do quote unquote premonitions. And it's for kind of the, the reasons that I was talking about where even if you were to magically get answers, how you have, you still have free will. You're in, you still have a life and you still have all these little micro decisions and actions to make in order to, you know, one, have that thing actually come about, um, to enjoy it and not completely self-sabotage it, you know, if it Mm -hmm. were to come all of these things. So I think it's a, a disservice to focus on, you know, giving someone a reading and be like, you're, person that's right for you has red hair and Mm -hmm. this is the kind of job they have. And so what happens is that people, it's like an instant gratification of like, Oh, this like security of giving Mm -hmm. me the answers, but then that's what they focus on. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is maybe they're, they're meeting people in the dating world. And because they don't fit that criteria, they're, they're not talking with them. Right. let's say that, you know, going off this example of that premonition, maybe there's people you're supposed to meet in order to then end up dating that person. Right. Right. Or you meet someone and they seem to fit that criteria. So then you latch onto them. And even if it's a bad relationship, like it's unhealthy, it's toxic. Well, this is my person, you know, we're, we're meant to be. And it really ignores that human side that we're talking about where, okay, yes or no, maybe that person spiritually is like this soul match, but that doesn't warrant that you should put yourself in a situation that is like abusive to you. So there's all these issues, I believe with, with readings and seeking readings that are very like answer based, like answers, Uh answers, answers. I'm very much, even when I talk about like, oh, there's a future portion. So my readings have like a future insight portion. Mm -hmm. I always say this is a future that's completely available to you, but I Mm -hmm. focus on the advice. So you know how to make that future come about. Mm -hmm. And then even the portion of the future that comes up, it's just a, it's whatever portion that is best for them to hear about right now. Like it's a portion Mm -hmm. that their intuition already knows. The whole reading is something their intuition is trying to tell them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but they're just really caught up in their own thoughts and stressors and things like that. It's nothing that their intuition isn't like already trying to tell them. It's just about sorting out those thoughts. And then it helps you like believe in yourself because you're like, 
oh my gosh, I, I was wanting to do that. You know, like I was yeah. thinking about it, but then I wouldn't let myself Yeah. Um, like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool that I, I had that little inkling, but I, I wouldn't have done it. And then people yeah. gain more confidence in that little inkling. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost like, I feel like, again, this can apply to any practice of spirituality in re- any religion. Um, but it's almost like at its best spirituality empowers us mm-hmm. to take ownership of our lives mm-hmm. But there is a temptation so often for us to give our power away yeah, to the source of that spirituality. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where I don't want to go <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Like, like as far as any spiritual practice can empower me to, mm-hmm. yeah, take ownership of my life and make my own choices and know mm-hmm. myself and know the world then it's serving me. But as soon as it switches, as -hmm. soon as it flips and I'm like, oh, what do they think I should do? What is this thing? What is this? What is this permission telling me? What is Mm -hmm. this? um, How, you know, how can I solve this problem without actually solving this problem? Like that's where, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think that that is going to serve anyone in the long run. Yeah. It gets a lot of people hurt. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because of that, what seems like instant gratification or security. Mm -hmm. So as much as, um, you know, I, I wish that maybe there were more practitioners and there's plenty, I'm not saying I'm the only one, but just Mm -hmm. more overall, more practitioners that did kind of have more of this focus, but it's also up to the person to pick who they're going to and how they practice because it's so easy to get caught up in wanting those those answers and solutions and trying to think that oh this person's gonna gonna give me this finally I'm I'm so desperate I've been needing this um it's just gonna cause people to get hurt in the long run and I've, I've seen it. I've seen, I've been it to an extent before I was a professional in it and more as a client in it. Um, but, and I've had it where I've had to make boundaries very, very rarely. Cause like I said, I usually get people who come to me because they're down with advice. They're down with like, Hey, I want to work on myself. You know, what do I need to work on within myself? What do I need to look at within myself? And let's just coming for a bunch of answers, almost more like, um, like a coaching or like therapy Mm -hmm. session, honestly. Um, But I've had had to make boundaries because I'll let people know I'm not going to answer that question. And then they just keep asking me Mm. more questions about like, what does this person think of me? What does that person think of me? And what is this person really doing? And like, how exactly is this going to go? And and like, it's, or people who try to get readings over and over again, very frequently, mm-hmm. you know, and not with me, but with other people, they'll be spending their money and they just keep trying to get answers, Yeah, but they're not doing anything to like change yeah. the situation. Um, and it's a really, it's a really hard cycle. Like you said, giving your, giving your power away. So I mm-hmm. also have had to be like, um, in a reading one time I said, because it was someone who in the reading, it came up that they've been getting a lot of readings. And they okay. said that they have. And I was like, and she was like, when's the, when's the next time I can get a reading from you? And I'm like, this is coming up to not like, do not get another yeah. reading from me. Like you need yeah. to, there's things that came up that you really need to like look on, yeah. you know, in your life and in yourself. And like, you really need 
to do that. You can't totally. like get another painting from me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't just keep going to class and getting homework assignments. You have to like do the homework. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting because um, something that I have been wanting to mention just in general, I thought it'd be like a separate podcast episode, but it just reminds me so much of your journey with religion and then something that came up with me in spirituality is um it is that seeking power and with me it was like the twin flame worlds okay I don't know if you've heard about that there's like a documentary out right now right yeah everyone's telling me I should watch that and I was like I don't I know like, it yet. So is that the like is that like a soulmate thing like so it's similar to a soulmate okay. but it's like okay. more supposedly more intense okay. uh, but long story short because I'll go into another thing but just to um just because I know a lot of people that follow you like are getting into spirituality and I love uh -huh. that for them but uh -huh. also it's like as someone in it um that mindfulness and that awareness is yeah. like before I was a practitioner and I was more of a client, like I was that person who was like getting readings all the time. And, mm -hmm. um, I had this ex who like us together, I've never had that kind of like crazy soul mm -hmm. connection and like he hadn't either, but we, we, we ended up breaking up and I thought we were meant to be together. So I'm getting all these readings about it and all the readings are saying how we're supposed to be together. And anyway, it got me into this world of twin flames with like okay. all these other people who were clients um, seeking those kind of twin flame readings. And the readings were like telling people to continue to seek out their twin flame, even though they're married. Wow. And like, mm -hmm. and like most people's twin flames were married and it had been gone on for like 30 years. Wow. And they're like completely devoted to them getting back together. Some of them were, you know, the mistresses of that marriage. Some of them hadn't uh -huh. even spoken to them in years wow. or to them at all, but were just holding out all of this hope right. and these readings would string them along in this hope. Right. Um, and it was mind blowing. And what got me wow. out of it, fortunately, was I saw on Facebook that my ex had gotten married. It was super spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a whole thing with, with, with religion. It was a different, mm -hmm. very strict religion. It was like this whole side story, but anyway, it happened very out of nowhere. Um, wow. as far as I knew, we, like he said, we we're getting back together. So it was very weird. But anyway, once I saw that, I was like, I like woke up from my experience as like the mm -hmm. client. And I was like, I am not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, that's it. That was my closure. I'm like, okay, yeah. well then now it's over yeah. and read myself from all of that. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to stick around like these people. And I'm not judging them. that's a hard place to be, to be in that desperation, totally. to be lured, constantly like lured into it. Right. But luckily I was like, that was just like, oh, okay, this, this pursuit of thinking that, you know, yeah. having that delusion strung along for me, um yeah. is is over <laughs> yeah yeah oh man that's so it's just so heartbreaking and mm -hmm. like cruel to ourselves to keep holding on to mm -hmm. that's the hard thing too and I feel like yeah this happened to me too where there was this separation of like facts from like faith and mm. this sense of like like the facts are telling me one thing, but like, yeah. I'm going to have faith that this internal vision I've had, or that this reading or this mm -hmm. prayer or this like thing I want to happen. Like, I'm just going to have faith mm -hmm. that this is going to happen. Even though the facts 
that I can see like the scientific facts are telling me different. And it almost like creates this like war between like logic and feeling. Yeah. And that's a really terrible war to be Mm -hmm. caught in, you know, to feel like which, when do I believe the facts? And Mm -hmm. when do I think this isn't the full story? I'm going to like, I'm going to believe that I can do better, that this can change. It's Mm -hmm. like, sometimes life calls for us to like, look at the facts and keep fighting for what we want. And other times it's like, we gotta know when to cut our losses and be like, hey, I got yeah. this one wrong. And like, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I guess that's really the art of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like matters of the heart, mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> it's just like, you, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Like, yeah. uh, when is, when is enough? Like, mm-hmm. when do you say maybe we were supposed to be, but we're not. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to accept that if I'm not going to just waste my life. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like there's yeah. so much, like you said, with that, that faith versus fact, um, a lot, that's where too, a lot of shame can come in because with the faith, mm-hmm. there's um, all of it surrounding the faith, which is like, if it's not happening, like if the facts aren't lining up the way that you want it to, it's like, maybe I need to like believe more, you know, pray more or be a better Christian and get this reward and God me. Or if it's spiritual, like with me and the twin flame thing, it was like manifesting. Like the features of it were like, you know, you need to visualize harder. You need to pretend that they're in your lives, that they are your boyfriend. And like, Uh I like went around feeling like I had to pretend that. And then each day that wasn't true, the more I felt like I wasn't pretending enough, but then I was bypassing how heartbroken I was and all of the facts around it and all of the toxicity between the dynamic of me and my ex and how he would string me along. Um, And yeah, you're not, seeing any of it but you're shaming yourself in the mirror yeah Yeah, you really are yeah Mm -hmm. the bypassing and um just the mind games on yourself yeah you know there's just a lot of yeah so yeah I kind of that for me is like a that's like a hard boundary I keep now so if there is um like I said I was um, some of the, like the pendulum stuff. I was in this course for like, um, intro to intuition kind of thing, but there was some of, you know, there's like little tests where it's like, okay, what color is on the back of this car? And, you know, like, like, see if you can get it. And, and I just so quickly reverted back into these, like, okay, think it's purple but what if it's green but why what if, I just have to clear my mind no and it's like yeah. it's really how come like mm-hmm. I just found myself in that like spinny place and I was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh this is just like how it was when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and I was trying to like get God to tell me where I should go to college like yeah. like I just I was like I can't go back here like no this mm-hmm. is a I don't do this anymore mm-hmm. like this path of spirituality is not one that I can go down because it mm-hmm. does not take me to good places mm-hmm. um yeah, just really, uh, yeah, giving the power away. Yeah. Just, yeah, my mm-hmm. games. Yeah, like I always tell people, it's like acceptance is the best thing that you could do. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're if you're trying to do anything, if you're trying to take on a new spiritual practice or 
you know, get tapped into your intuition or whatever it is. It's like at the end of the day, if you could just accept, accept that you're having a hard time doing it, if you could just accept Mm -hmm. what's going on right now, instead of trying to solve it and find answers right away, Mm -hmm. like acceptance is like the most powerful thing. And I feel like acceptance is something that, um, is a, a, is an important thing to learn, especially when trying to decide what kind of teachings and like modalities we, we want to get into because we genuinely want to, um, because that's what's used. Like, um, that's, what's like taken from us from them. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, here's the answers. Here's everything that's going to make you feel safe, whether it's like externally with religion or spirituality or manifesting, whatever it is. But if we practice that power of acceptance, then Mm -hmm. we don't need to desperately, um, follow suit in all those things, you know, give that power away because we're, we're comfortable we're at least okay with accepting things how they are. We don't need to like, you know, grab onto those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and just like thinking like I'm enough, just Mm -hmm. me as I am. If I learned nothing else Mm -hmm. from this point forward, I would still be enough and okay. You know, like I don't, there's not like one more thing on the list that I need in order to be whole. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, I think that's part of the acceptance. Yeah, I love that. That was a piece that was really big and getting me un unhooked from everything. Uh-huh. What that twin flame thing was like after having that closure, I sat and I was like, I'm okay if I like this is how I live my life my whole life. Like let's mm-hmm. say I'm even single my entire life and like truly mm-hmm. getting to that place of okay, well, like I'd be fine. And yeah. I would and I would live a happy life, you know, and yeah. it freed me from needing to seek all these things from yeah. needing to have people give me, you know, the answers or, or give me the power elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to circle around and talk to you more about deconstructing. Cause I know a big thing of um, how you serve people, how you help people with the journey that you've been on is mm-hmm. helping them through their deconstructing um, process of you know, changing what it looks like moving out of um, Christianity or moving out Mm -hmm. of like specific confines of Christianity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, most people would tell you that um, deconstructing Christianity isn't something that you like choose to do necessarily Mm -hmm. or that you sign up for. Almost every person I've talked to has found themselves deconstructing almost against their will, Mm -hmm. but um, really as a... the the catalyst for it is kind of like we were talking about like faith versus facts like when what you believe is starting to clash with what your experience of life is Mm -hmm. and for most people that gets to a point to which that clash and that tension and that um conflict is so great that we can't ignore it anymore so Mm -hmm. for some people it's political issues or seeing um you know the increasing politicization is that the right word (laughs) of christianity (laughs) Mm -hmm. and feeling like it doesn't line up with the values that they value from their religion like how do i separate the fact that like to me the experience of god is this one thing but i'm seeing like the label of christianity be applied to things i can't get behind like what does Mm -hmm. that mean for me and like where is 
you know, what side of this is the real God on quote unquote real God. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of people will kind of go back and say like, okay, well, this thing I learned, um, you know, be it politics or, or yeah, it might, uh, a lot of people um, and their experience of sexuality may make them rethink this um, or church hurt. That was mine kind of, you know, that was my catalyst, but there's usually um, just something that's mm-hmm. like this thing I've believed isn't matching up with life and the life yeah. I've lived and experienced or the life I want to be. And so now I have to, um, now I have to deal with this. And for a, a long time, we try not to. And I think there's probably a lot of people who are just like successfully not dealing with it. And mm-hmm. they're the ones who aren't deconstructing. But those of us who are like, I can't ignore this anymore. It has gotten out of my subconscious. It's in my conscience. I can't like, I can't ignore it anymore. I have to deal with that. And so they'll go seeking like resources or information. And now like deconstruction is such a common word in, you know, my side of TikTok or whatever, (laughs) my side of Instagram, like there's so many people talking about it. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to find information, but yeah, it really just is. um, I just kind of take the analogy of like, you have been like, you've got this closet and it has been there your whole life. You've been like putting things in it, but pretty much it was handed to like everything in it was handed to you when you were five. Yeah. You've been told that if you love God, you will not challenge mm-hmm. anything that you've been taught. Like almost like faith is actually a test of loyalty. Yeah. And that if you challenge your question, you know, you're thinking or re, uh, you know, want to rethink anything like Mm -hmm. you're being disloyal Mm -hmm. to God. And so there's a real, like, um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to not question, even though they would say God can handle your questions. Not really in practice. Does that feel super safe? Or it's like, there's a few things you can question, but don't Mm -hmm. you dare question these fundamental aspects Mm -hmm. of Christianity. So then, um, yeah, when you kind of find yourself there, it's, yeah, I think we use the word disorienting. It's very Mm -hmm. disorienting and it can be really overwhelming because Mm -hmm. like a sweater, when you pull one little piece of your belief, you quickly find how much of it is interwoven. So Mm -hmm. for instance, if you have start to have doubts about um, the Bible being the absolute, you know, they call it, sorry. (laughs) If you start to have doubts about the Bible being like the absolute source of truth Mm -hmm. um and you like start reading information and realize like oh maybe there is some like legitimate reasons to question the historical like veracity of this um document and it's like okay well everything I believe about these 15 other things is all based on me believing that what the Bible said about them is true. So if I take, if I start doubting the Bible, that means I have to doubt what I believe about like my role as a woman in the world Mm -hmm. and my, you know, America's place in the world Mm -hmm. and the history of how the world got here and the afterlife. And who is this person I've been praying to all along? If Mm -hmm. it's not actually, if I can't trust that the Bible, you know, so Uh like it all comes. So it's almost like they're all interconnected. So it almost doesn't matter which thing you start with. Like what's Mm -hmm. the, where do you snag on the thread? It's like you tug a little bit and it all falls apart. And Mm -hmm. so, um, a lot of people will kind of just like, yep, start doing the work of, 
deconstructing, sorting through that, doing some learning, doing some healing. A lot of people end up in therapy. Um, and so I do like to encourage people through that process, but I think where I found the most sort of like, or rather where I found the least amount of support and resources was when I kind of got to the end of that process. Like, so I went through it. I, I like, I read a book about the Bible and was like, what just happened? My mind has been blown. Everything I know is a lie. Like, what am I going to do with this? Mm -hmm. You know, I went through a lot of, of all my beliefs about like Jesus dying on a cross and like, is there a heaven and a hell? And, um, and then I got to the end and I was like, okay, well, I feel, I know how I kind of like believe about all that, but like, now what? It's like, Mm -hmm. I've taken everything out of the closet I've like made the trash pile. I've made the keep pile and I've made the, like, give this, you know, tweak this a little bit and then I can keep it (laughs) pile, like fix it. And then I can keep it. But like, now what? Like I'm an ex evangelical. I'm an ex Christian, but like, what am I a current member of? Or like, how do I make the leap from like not being something anymore Mm -hmm. to being something? And so Mm -hmm. That is where I now find like the most interest and where I think I can really help people. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the people I talk to have actually been in the deconstruction process for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, there's usually just like a few things we just can't quite get over. Like a lot of people have really had the fear of hell drilled into them. And even though they like logically don't believe in hell anymore, they're afraid that if they start exploring uh tarot or psychic intuition or something they are going to end up in hell and it's like they were taught that at such a young age they just can't like get Mm -hmm. that so that's where I can come in and kind of help people like look through just kind of like I I think I my gift is in helping people make peace Mm-hmm. with the religion of their past to find the kindness toward the the version of them that believed that for so long yeah. but also to really kind of like mine through everything that was ever meaningful to me in it um to mine through like all the things that you do believe now and like use those as like breadcrumbs as clues for like who who is the real you in there all along yeah and like who are you now and like can we use those clues to figure out what Mm -hmm. your path forward is Mm -hmm. and that's where I get a lot of joy like I love helping people find closure to their deconstruction Mm -hmm. like you've been through this whole thing your world has fallen apart you're having a hard time like putting a period at the end of the sentence I feel like I love helping people be like yes, this happened. And let's like celebrate the good things from it. Mm-hmm. Let go of the bad, but let's like put a period here mm-hmm. when we'll throw it away, but we'll put a period. And then like, let's figure out how to start your next chapter. And that is, um, that's what I do. And what I really love to help people do. I love that. That's <laughs> I love that so much because I feel like it is so easy to one get like how you're talking about kind of stuck or or lost there and confused but it's also um it is really like this this closure you know where Mm -hmm. it's okay to not agree or not believe those things anymore um and to still have that be okay that that was like part of your life and you mentioned like still loving and accepting like um you 
like the part of you that was that was so in it or like younger mm-hmm. you that just wanted to you know probably be like a good a good Christian yeah. and all those things that was something that definitely came up for me um in my like transition because I when I transitioned out it was just very clear to me that was like I don't I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like these things. Um, it did not align with like my morals. I'm very against like power structure. Mm-hmm. Like even when I worked in like the workplace, it, it, it I like could yeah. not handle how some people were technically above other people. Uh-huh. Um, so just as one example, but I was just strongly like, I don't like this. I'm not going to be like against anyone who's in it. But for me, it's very visceral that like, I don't like yeah. it. So something that I had to come back full circle with that I realized was lacking and coming up later was like little me because Mm. she didn't understand. And all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh, I don't like, I don't like any of this stuff. I think this stuff is wrong. Mm -hmm. And she's over here like, Oh, like, am I, I, I I thought I was being good, you know, and just like such, such confusion and such like, like, you're mad at me. Did I do something wrong? Yes. Mm -hmm. And like the shame too, like the shame of how in it, I was like how you mentioned witnessing, you know, the shame of my um, perspective that came from everything I was taught through the religion, my perspective on people and my perspective on um, quote unquote, non, non believers and Mm -hmm. how I should help them. And just like the, the, the embarrassment of yeah. that, but not seeing the humanity in the version of me who was doing that. And like the yeah. little me who just wanted to do the right thing and wanted to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, what is that in, um, in therapy, there's like the internal family systems modality. That's, my fav- I, that's okay. what I work with, but in coaching, it's my favorite I was like, in the world. That's what you're, um, that's what you're describing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't, my therapist never called it that, but mm-hmm. I definitely like, um, had moments where we're, she's like, let's talk to your inner, like inner protector and like, yep. see how she's doing. Like, what would you say to her? Mm-hmm. And it was like, so powerful, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely think that's a part of it. Like, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that any true healing does ha- have to incorporate that acceptance. And mm-hmm. I feel like, um, when you've been really hurt, like over time by something as powerful as religion, it's really like, that's probably the most painful part is just knowing that you let yourself down that like you had this utter certainty about Mm -hmm. something, which now you recognize as being so harmful. And it's like, Mm -hmm. how could I have believed that? How could I have like, let myself be drawn into this? How could I have practiced these things, even though they did feel like, I remember it didn't feel right to tell Mm -hmm. people about Jesus in this instance, but I did it anyways. And, um, I think, yeah, having a lot of self-compassion is Mm -hmm. really, um, is really big. And, and that's, that's a way that like, yeah, I guess that's another thing that I really like to bring to people's deconstruction mm-hmm. experience is to remind them that like, you're not bad for believing in the values that you were brought up with. Like yeah. I, I heard something that was like evolutionarily, like mm-hmm. kids need to adopt the values of their community in order to live. Like yeah, their survival for like mm-hmm. food and shelter depends mm-hmm. on them 
agreeing with and signing on to the values of like the tribe and the community that they're yeah. in. So like, that's good. Like it mm-hmm. was good for little me mm-hmm. to like hop in the wagon, <laughs> hop in the bandwagon <laughs> with all these people around me mm-hmm. who are all like church. Like it was good for me to be connected and united. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm an adult, I am able to safely get off that. Yeah. But I can like go back and bring little me along and say mm-hmm. like, yeah, you did a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, like you did exactly what you were supposed to do. We're going to change our mind about some things uh, now, but like, let's go together. And like, you can trust me to take mm-hmm. care of you now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's exactly what I do with like, um, like the programming, not as much religion based, but more mm-hmm. just like the conditioning, uh, yeah. like whatever, if it's people pleasing, you know, whatever the things are from like the internal family system. So yeah. I love applying that to, um, the journey of religion. Um, and I also really liked how you were saying that you help people find like the true parts of them that mm. were, there all along, but probably yeah. just showed up within the context of like all they knew, which was religion. So it's like, how can we find those like really true parts of what yeah. I really believe and what I've really been wanting to uh, do and have really wanted to like express myself. But now in the context of like blank slate, however we want, yeah. you know, where yeah. I think that, um, you know, from talking to you, you've always wanted to help people and yeah. the context that you knew was, yeah, was to do it a certain way. <laughs> Um, for me, I always like, I still do. I picture myself on a, on a big stage, like being like a speaker. And Mm -hmm. when I was really little, I thought that meant that I should be like a pastor and like travel Uh around as like (laughs) evangelical, (laughs) evangelical. I can't even say the word, Um, but you know, cause that was within the context of how I knew to do that. But down that is my, my truth. I just could only see it through that lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really cool. Um, so I do spiritual coaching and it's been cool to see people like discover those little things, like things that we thought and for myself too, like things that I thought like, oh, this part of my life is over now that I'm not a practicing Christian anymore. Like, um, like I thought prayer was over because like, I don't know who I'm praying to. Why would I do that? And then realizing that like, no, I really used to enjoy sitting down with um, like some sort of like inspirational words and like finding meaning in it. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that doesn't have to be the Bible and I can still do that. And it, and it doesn't have to be like me shaming myself to like be a better Christian anymore. Like I can just sit down and enjoy being introspective and insightful. Mm-hmm. So like, now I have, like, I just bought myself a deck of Oracle cards and I'm like excited to start a practice of like drawing one and like yeah. seeing what comes up and like journaling through it. And like, that's a part of me, like, that's how that part of me expressed itself in Christianity was mm-hmm. with what we called quiet times. Mm-hmm. But, um, but now it can like look different, but it's still like, it's always been me. Like yeah. there was so much I thought belonged to someone else, but it was like, no, that's always belonged to me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just this belief in something good out there. Like that still belongs to me. Like yeah. my love of learning and thinking about spirituality, like that belongs to me. And I can take that with me into different mm-hmm. contexts. I love helping people like realize that maybe we haven't lost as much as we thought we lost. 
I totally agree. Cause I feel like deep down, there's so much that at the core, like you said, when it's you, it's really coming from the same place. It's just in a different context. And I think that religion, I mean, we're talking about spiritual, um, we're talking about Christianity. It really does a, a good job, um, not in a positive way, but it's a good job at taking something that you actually do within the religion. And then that mm-hmm. same thing, but labeling that as like, this is outside of our box and this Mm -hmm. is really really bad and this is Mm -hmm. evil even though this same exact thing is within the same box you Mm -hmm. know like even me being a psychic it took a while to and I still get very triggered like just assuming that anyone is Christian around me and how they're gonna judge me and think I'm so awful and evil but there was so much prophecy like in the bible Mm -hmm. like Jesus was a prophet Jesus was like a witch you know, and I mean, which in a positive way, Yeah, I don't mean it in the way that's, that it's constructed yeah. in a positive way. Jesus was a witch yet. If people, if someone was to literally do the same things as Jesus, like if Jesus came and acted the same way that he did back then, mm-hmm. they would like throw stones at him. And uh-huh. <laughs> or like people. if Jesus had been a woman, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That would have been like oh Mm -hmm. she's a witch like yeah (laughs) and it's like it's literally the same things whether like prophecy or like the 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 magic of things Mm -hmm. um the manifestation of things and then also things like um like laying hands to heal people like master it's what oh my god how is this where it's just the same thing that that has (laughs) that has made me laugh so much so about well okay so when I met you I was doing this um series I write a newsletter and I was doing this series in the month of October exploring Mm -hmm. like I called it like you know kind of like embracing the Mm -hmm. (laughs) woo-woo I don't know if that's an offensive term or not maybe you can tell me I don't think it is (laughs) okay but it was just like all this stuff that was like so off limits it was Mm -hmm. like you know we called it like demonic and all of this stuff had so much stigma and now I'm like oh I am an adult and Mm -hmm. I can trust myself to discern what's a good and safe thing for me I certainly can't get hurt just by learning and by being curious so um like the day I met you I was like on a mission to learn more about crystals um Mm -hmm. and I had just had my first Reiki session and my first Reiki training um like a level one practitioner or whatever Mm -hmm. and this whole this whole like month that I was like trying all these things I just kept like getting the biggest kick out of it because Every time I showed up to get my soul read, to meet with a medium, to practice Reiki, to, I think you read my, my chakras Mm -hmm. and I like get crystals. It was like, every time I showed up, I was like expecting it to be this like super new experience. And Mm -hmm. every single time I was like, oh, I've done this before. (laughs) I just called it something Christian. Like, yeah, I was like sitting at my Reiki training. I was like sitting in a room with people and there was like dim lights and music being played and it was quiet. And we were all hand, we all had like our hands mm-hmm. held up in a receptive position, mm-hmm. like the a posture. And I was like, well, this is a, like a prayer and worship service. Like I've been yeah. to a million of these where we mm-hmm. were just like sitting in the quiet, like hoping to hear something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
oh, I still want to hear something. I just don't think it's coming from like the Christian God anymore, you know? And so I had like a really meaningful, like introspective time with myself and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, did experience, like she did the um, attunement Mm -hmm. on me. And it was like, actually like she like released some like cut cords and ties and released attachments that don't serve me. And like, while I'm sitting there sort of just like reflecting and meditating, like, all of these um, people from churches that had hurt me, like their faces came up and it was just like, that was that moment. Like we talked about forgiveness earlier, where like Mm -hmm. just comes upon you and you're ready to forgive. It was like, all of a sudden I had this moment I'd been waiting for, for like five years where I was like suddenly able to like forgive all these people. And it was just like, I don't know. It was just this really cool experience, but it was so funny to me how similar it felt to all the spiritual stuff I had ever done as a Christian, laying on hands, you know, praying, all of this. And yet Christianity said, well, when we do it, it's good. And when anyone else does it, it's evil. And I was like, this, this is like, this is bullshit. This is not. It all, it all comes back to that, like power manipulation, like even like the the holidays, like, um, and I'll let you describe what you're doing for Christmas. Cause I think that's yeah. really cool. Um, but like me and you were talking personally about the, the holidays and how, you know, you can break out and then be like, Oh no, but all these Christian holidays. But then you realize that they took a lot of the practices and even down to the colors, like red, green, and gold mm-hmm. from the pagan practices. But yeah. then it's like pagan. I thought pagan was like the most evil word growing yeah. up I thought it was the the worst right. thing so evil so demonic yeah. pagans don't even like believe in hell or the devil so first of all they're yeah. not like, worshiping any of it <laughs> right. and then too it's it's just about nature it's just about like yeah. being tuned with nature working with nature which is all very like if we're going if we're talking about Christianity just as like the spirituality and the faith alone uh-huh. like this is God's beautiful, like green earth that we're really yeah. like in tune to and connecting with yeah. and God lives in the trees and uh-huh. the leaves. And that's exactly how it is. So to yeah. take that and be like, so, so, so evil and not even tell you exactly what it is because I thought it was something so crazy. Yeah. Awful. Well, um, it was like, we yeah. had those images of like the, um, like, weren't there like rock stars, like in the nineties who would like pull chicken heads off and like yeah, it's like Ozzy drink the blood. Yes, yeah yes, it was like that's exactly. what we pictured with like paganism was yes. like there's like blood sacrifices and watch out for your kids and all yeah. this stuff it was so much fear now I'm like oh no they were just like with the plants yeah, and like, you're like, making, and, like yeah. Like, yes yes <laughs> they're like just it's just medicine and yeah so funny but yeah how that's taken how they they took a lot of their practices, like I said, the colors, all of these things, um, and their specific holidays and turned it into Christian holidays yeah. and proceeded to say, oh, well, all that stuff is bad, even though that we just took all that stuff and put it on the inside. And now yeah. all the stuff inside is good. Yeah. All that stuff outside is bad. Yeah. So I'm curious about, um, you know, cause with Christianity, it would have been Yule, but I'm curious about your take on Christmas. I know you're helping people um, through that. I don't know yeah. if, it, if it overlaps with anything about celebrating like winter solstice or Yule or not, but yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Christmas can be really tricky because um, for those of us who are like real, real into it, <laughs> Christmas was a time of a, a lot of spirituality, a lot of depth. Um, we found a lot of like um, depth and joy and significance in the story of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this like God not leaving us alone, God coming to earth to experience what it's like to be one of us, to be with us, to help us through it. There's great comfort. This is like all the darkness, all the hard things we've experienced. The, um, you know, Jesus coming as a baby represents the this hope mm-hmm. that this isn't going to be the end. And, um, you know, that he comes as this like tender, vulnerable baby and this mm-hmm. like, um, you know, really not impressive setting. And yet mm. this is where the source of hope and greatness comes up. And it's, it's really a beautiful story. Like if you step yeah. back from needing to believe that it's true, it's actually mm-hmm. a really beautiful like story. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I actually did last year, I just was feeling so bummed okay. that I thought I was like, Oh, I've lost Christmas. Like I, mm-hmm. like I can still do all the Santa stuff, mm-hmm. but like, man, I miss there being some like this beautiful mystery and like mm-hmm. miss. Um, you know, yeah, some, some deeper meaning, some deeper mystery. And I was like, you know what? I am starting to realize that I don't have to let everything stay in the past. Like we said, like there are some nuggets in my past that I get to take with me. I wonder what I can find with Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down and I went through, like, I went back to the Christmas story. I cracked open my Bible again. I was like, okay, I don't have to believe this, but what can I find in this story? Like, it's really no different than finding meaning in like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm -hmm. Like I can be so inspired from a story. I don't have to believe it's true to Mm -hmm. find universal truths in it. So if I did the same thing with the Christmas story, with the Christmas music I've grown up loving with like the traditions of the season, how can I reclaim meaning from it? So I ended up writing a book Uh I called Reimagining Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it's just a series of like 28 daily readings of Mm -hmm. just insights that take like some piece of Christmas that I always thought was exclusive to Christianity and just sort of like turning it upside down and reopening it to make it accessible to everybody. So I really love it. I think it, um, yeah, it was really healing for me to write Mm -hmm. and I've loved being able to share it with people. So um, if anyone does want to reimagine Christmas for theirs, for themselves, um, that is, that book is available on my website at joyveterline.com. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, I don't, I got really mad at Christianity for saying like, we have the exclusive rights to hope we have the exclusive, um, secret of mm-hmm. what will cause you joy or give you hope and realizing like, no, those are, those are human experiences like those are that's our birthright as a human to find Mm -hmm. hope and love and joy and like we can reclaim that out of like a christian christmas and just Mm -hmm. make it part of a like celebration of humanity and stuff like that i don't go too into like winter solstice stuff because i need to do more research there but um real real quick it's so interesting because you just lit something up in me is that it is the winter solstice because jesus being born is like the light of the world you know he's literally Uh called Uh during this very humble situation that he's in and the winter solstice is literally about how we've been in this darkness and Uh how things aren't looking very good we don't have a lot of food and things like Uh that right 
And the sun, this the winter solstice at the time of Christmas is literally about how the sun is starting to come out more right. and there will be more sun now, whereas before it was more darkness. Dwindling and now yes, it's, and it's literally yes. the sun being born. Like in a lot of okay. cultures, it's about the sun literally as like a personified being uh-huh. being born. Wow. So <laughs> I'm just go. like boom. Christianity <laughs> is just another pagan practice. Yes, it's <laughs> no. just like literally a metaphor for exactly that. No, and that's the thing is realizing that like we can um yeah, we can find meaning in so many different paths and me having this Christian path doesn't, um, even though I've left that path, I can still, that doesn't mean my, my time there was a loss. I think that's been really important to me. Like the 35 years I spent as a Christian, like developing meaning in there, like that's not, I don't have to get rid of all that. I can still take meaning there and like apply it in a new ways. And now I have even more opportunity to be creativity to be creative with it and find new meaning. So, um, yeah, I've come to now have like a really, a much different, a much broader experience of Christmas, but I think I'm ultimately like now find it even more beautiful than I ever did when I believed that it was really about Jesus. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You've opened yourself up to, to more, to more layers. Yeah. Of everything instead yeah. Of, instead of having to feel like you're following along. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, thank you so much. This has been so amazing having you on. I I've loved this conversation. I almost, I'm like, we should do like a part two later. There's so much more you can get into. I know. I feel like, oh man, we could have gotten into that too, but yes, yeah, it's been I, so fun to be here. I'm so yeah. glad we connected. Yeah. Thank you. And then I'll put all of your information down in the show notes, how to find your book about Christmas, um, okay. your website, your IG, all of that. Um, so I'll let you go. If you want to go ahead and just say bye, your last words, to everyone listening. Yeah. Bye. Hi, thank you for listening. Sorry if anybody's listening that I ever tried to proselytize you into Christianity. <laughs> I hope you find your path to spiritual peace, whatever way works best for you. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much again. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. And I hope you all have a sunny day. And something that I really wanted to be able to touch on is just some context of um, my background with religion and in my transition as um, a now professional spiritualist, if you will. So I I grew up in uh, Christianity. I went to Christian school, um, kindergarten through fifth grade. I was at a private Christian school. It was technically a Lutheran school. And every Friday we would have chapel uh, like during school hours, as well as regular Sunday church. Um, Bible was a, a subject just like, you know, math and, and spelling were. Bible was its own subject. So we had to memorize uh, Bible verses every week with our spelling words. We'd have, um, you know, tests and everything on all the stories and whatnot. There were uniforms to make sure that we were all within code of, of, of modesty and not having any secular uh, shows, you know, on our shirts. Like I couldn't wear my cat dog shirt <laughs> to school. Uh, our music class was only Christian songs. Uh, and this 
even went into not just like Christmas, but year round. I remember that for the talent show one year, High School Musical, uh, the first one had just came out and was super big and someone wanted to sing or dance to this High School Musical song and they weren't allowed to, their act got denied. Uh, and the reason being because the song had the word heaven in it, which really confused me at the time because I thought heaven was a good thing, but I guess heaven was being used in the way where it wasn't acknowledging the actual, like the Christian heaven. It was more just about like the heavens above, like the stars above, um, like there's not a star in heaven that we can't see. That was the line. But anyway, so it it definitely was a uh, rigid Christian school. There's 100% more rigid uh, religious schools out there. Uh, at the time, I did not I did not think of it as rigid. Um, but I do remember a lot of very triggering things um, that I don't want to get into here uh, solely because for the people listening. Um, it, it would probably be triggering, uh, to them, but things that I realized, like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is like really, really unsafe and very concerning and actually puts children in like direct harm's way. And I remember telling my mom about it and she just started crying and like apologized for having me go to that school. Um, and she would, she would have never known that things like that were going on. So as much as I can easily be like, oh, it wasn't that strict of a Christian school. Um, that's also, I think, in part conditioning. So anyway, after that, I went to public school for the first time in middle school. And that was daunting for me. That was the first time I ever remember meeting an atheist my entire life. I was like in the sixth grade. I was like 11, I was 12 maybe. And uh, she was my friend and I was so confused to find this information out. And I remember feeling guilty that like I should be trying to save her. And it was like this internal conflict because it felt very weird to do that, but it felt like that's what would be right. So there's just like a lot of guilt about me not doing it. Um, but then guilt about the thought of me doing it. I don't remember how any conversation ended up going down, but I remember that that continued through my earlier years at middle school. And then in high school, I still was, was very into it. Um, people would know like just by hanging out with me. And I remember always being like confused that people would just know that I was Christian, but I guess it was just very much that stereotypical good girl, um, good Christian girl vibe. And I remember just thinking very strongly that that's, um, that's like what I identified with and thought what was right and that I was going to follow all of it the best of my best of my abilities and that there was so much guilt um constantly just around trying to live your life perfectly so anyway I get into college and here is where I have absolutely no idea when I switched like I really don't it's very odd it was not um, what you had mentioned where you had this very specific, like, I've been pushed over the edge and have to look at these things. Um, I don't remember that. I don't remember that being a specific thing. I do remember the first time, um, I just remember telling people I was spiritual in college. 
I had switched from identifying as Christian. I, I do actually remember now I'm saying it, this uh, segue between the two where I would tell people that I was raised Christian. Um, and then I'm like, it's almost like being like culturally Christian that you're not like a, like a practicing Christian. I remember telling people that in the interim before I found the world word for me to be um, spiritual. And I remember people trying to convert me in college. Like there was this Christian group and I was saying how I used to be Christian and they're like, what are you now? And I'm like spiritual. And they're like, well, how, um, they're like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, I feel like my relationship with God comes from within me. And they're like, well, how do you know? How do you know? Like, how do you know his like direction and things like that? And I'm like, intuition. They'd never heard that before. And they thought it was very interesting. And it makes a lot of sense now as I'm an incredibly intuitive person. Um, but as far as that very specific conscious switch, it really evolved. I think it could, I think it was a bunch of things, um, of course, but I just can't find the very specific like moment or time period where it was like, I am denouncing this and going into this other thing. I do remember that someone who was very abusive in my life, someone that I, um, grew up with. And my first year of college was a time where I had just gotten myself out of that situation. They were Christian and they would use that in very harmful ways and justifying a lot of um, really awful things. So that obviously did not sit right, made me question things. Um, and then starting to look at things like um, gay people, gay rights, um, and just like my own um, identity and who I am. And uh, like Joy was mentioning, it's just not lining up with what, what I'm believing. So I think a lot of those things started to all come into play around that time. And I was also going through this really big spiritual awakening. Like this is when I got attuned to Reiki level one. Um, and my whole life was changing from being an incredibly anxious, crippling anxiety ridden um, person to someone with confidence, who's empowered, who has uh, intuition and um, and can just be so much more of the light that they really are. It was like during that transition too. So I think it was just very natural and it was more like an alignment shift and the, the, the regimented Christianity like no longer aligned um, with me and my truth and who I was becoming, how I was becoming my myself. So for context, that is um, my background and my transition that obviously then led, you know, more on my specific path to where I am now. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunny Days podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and catch more of my free content by following me at Alex the Good Witch on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If this episode resonated with you, please take a screenshot, post it in your stories, and tag me on Instagram. I appreciate your time here with me today. Peace and love to you all, and I will see you in the next episode.